Hi, this is Tricia Lewis and welcome to the Make It Real podcast aimed at small business owners to help you build your business without selling your soul. I've walked the walk, my guests have walked the walk and now we're all talking the talk from branding, content creation, marketing to fear sorting and real you unsquashing so many insights and tips. So stay tuned. Yes, I've gone global again, listeners. Um, on the morning when the results are coming in for the uh, American election, which we're not going to talk about, you'll be relieved to hear, um, I am talking to my guest who is in Virginia, USA. And no, I'm not going to try and put on an American accent either. That would be bad. Um, this is very exciting. I've already got a massive grin all over my face because um, I know there's going to be lots of laughter in this episode. There just will be. But there's also going to be some diamond insights too. This is a, a sort of multifaceted, wonderful human being who I've met via the wonderful world of LinkedIn, of course. Um, I'm just going to briefly introduce her. Author, podcaster, uh, actually business analyst and project manager. So that's an interesting little mix going on already. Um, and she uses some great expressions to describe herself. How about these? Harmlessly sarcastic, slightly rebellious, jazz hands fan. And her and I have already done quite a lot of that before we even press record. And bacon lover. Oh, I can't. I can't say any more without just saying, hi, Beth. It's Beth hi, and Trisha. Campbell or Beth. Beth yes. Beth. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Tricia. You know, as I, I mentioned earlier, this is my virgin uh, episode of being a guest on a podcast. So I'm very excited and very excited to be on your podcast because I love it. So love thank it. you. I love you. Glad to be and here. I have to say, and I'm going to say this to you because I know you like um, these kind of crazy words. Um, I think I am... <laughs> A podcast virgin's best first lover. <laughs> I agree already. I'm already. I, I was going to pull out a ring and ask you to marry me. I podcast marriage. But <laughs> yeah, because, you know, because I, 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 I'm not, it's just like having a chat. Beth. It's like, yeah. The thing is, you are a podcast expert anyway. So you, from the other side of the table, know all about it. So your podcast called... Cafe Grip. Oh, where do we start? Where do we start with, with your story? Um, should we start at the very beginning? <laughs> very good. <laughs> if you want to sing at any point, please do. So you're in Virginia now. Is that yes. where you No, you grew up in Michigan? Michigan. Yes, I am a Michigander by heart. Grew up, born and raised up in the north where it's cold. And that's exactly why I'm here in Virginia, because it's not cold. Well, it's cold, but it's not, you know, Michigan cold. So um, so yeah, so here, my husband got a job here in Virginia. We've moved around a little bit. We're about to move again into a nearby town where, um, don't tell anybody, but I have a pool. So next <gasps> summer, I'm so excited. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we love Virginia. It's beautiful and uh, it is uh, mountainous and wonderful trails and wonderful people. So we're, we're very happy to be here. Although I do miss my, miss my Michigan friends very much. So. Yeah, it's such a huge place, America. It's yeah. so huge. It's fascinating, and I've never been there. That's an admission. Terrible. Um, well, both right. places, both states are lovely. Michigan, you know, Michigan gets a bad reputation because of Detroit. So I hear a lot of, oh, Detroit, 
But Detroit is on a very wonderful revitalization, and Michigan has shoreline and um, you know just beautiful um, landscape and wonderful people. So yeah. I encourage people to go both <laughs> to good try both. Good work for the Michigan tourist industry. That's very good. But, <laughs> um, so, so this 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 mix, okay, has all you've you know you've really evolved, haven't you, in in all sorts of directions, <laughs> and and this is what's so fascinating about you. So so which came. <laughs> which came first, came first. <laughs> how, how did you get yeah did you go into the corporate kind of world fairly soon on in your journey yes the corporate world really kind of is the the foundation so i've been in corporate for over 20 years really since i graduated from college so i've um i was in a company for 16 years now i'm with another company a consulting firm engineering firm so yeah, I've got a lot of experience uh, in, in meeting people as well and, and uh, just uh, dealing with people. So it's a big part of the foundation. I mean, how could it not be, right? And I still have a day job, so a lot of people don't know. I, I work um, for a, a, an engineering firm full-time as a project manager or manager. So, um, so yeah, it's still a big part of my life. Yeah, and you're right. People, 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 people. Um, that's like at the core of absolutely everything, um, everywhere and, absolutely. and all the time. So. You, so when did the whole author thing kick in? So do, do tell do tell the listeners the name of your book because it's brilliant. Oh, absolutely. Um, it is called Where the Hell is My Bacon? And um, so the book came in, um, I've been a writer my whole life. So I can remember, I probably, I know I do. I still have somewhere in a box a poem that I wrote when I was about eight years old. I don't even remember what it was about. It was about an, an old woman who lived down the road and a child who was um, trying to be more um, kind to this woman who was teased, you know, made fun of a lot by the neighborhood because she was kind of creepy. And um, so I've been writing my whole life, but it really was when I was, I was a nanny for six years in New Jersey. And I, one day I just noticed that there was a computer sitting on a table in the basement where my uh, apartment was. And I, so I thought, okay, um, you know, I've, I'm a writer and I've been doing everything by hand. This was kind of a new thing for me, the computer thing. It was an old Apple IIe, so I got some some floppy disks and some software and started writing. And, and I've got three partially finished novels somewhere. So that was really the first time, and that was in my early 20s, that was really the first time that I realized, oh gosh, I'm a, I'm a writer, right? I mean, I've been writing all along, but this was the first time where I started acknowledging and recognizing things around me that were happening that I wanted to write about while they were happening and that was a first for me too. So I went to college um, and then uh, started my corporate career at a utility company and it was wonderful. It's a wonderful company <clears throat> in spite of the fact that I did write about them in the book. It really wasn't about the company. It was really about um, some management that came in about 11 years into my corporate career and this was until this time i would i was what i would call an engaged employee i was very happy i was very um fulfilled um i was working um crazy crazy hours on projects and it was sometimes um he double ho hockey sticks but um i would have done it all again because i really felt invested in the in the company in the department in in the direction and then that changed in 2011 briefly it did get better but we had a new executive team come in, and they um, we did, they outsourced um, our uh, operational work to an offshore team, and it was just a really horrible time. the The project itself was very rushed, and 
chaotic and people were um, at the height of fear. Their morale was low. And one day somebody, one of my coworkers just happened to um, put a little blurb on our company social media about bacon was removed from the salad bar. And this happened all the time. The, the, the health mandates would be handed down from our executives every few years, but it was bad timing. And everybody jumped on it. And I will say I was, I was the instigator. I was the orchestrator. And this escalated into a big social media frenzy. And then we had a bacon protest. And that's what the book's about. It's really just about a department that was really, I mean, I, I was a manager at the time. And I had some people in my, in my in our one-on-one -on -one, um, meetings that were crying because they were so fearful of losing their job and they were so stressed out. They didn't know what they were going to be doing if they didn't lose their job. And so, um, I, you know, that's really the crux of everything that I do now is that, you know, it's kind of that finding your mojo thing. It's finding your voice. And I, I, I've always been the person who would raise my hand in a conference room or in a meeting when no one else would, because I just, I don't, I don't, I have fear, but I just, that stuff doesn't, doesn't um, scare me. And usually it works out for the better. <laughs> I, what, so anyway, so that's where it, it's where it came what from. A great story, because yeah, it is. It's it's uh, it, there's so much more going on than just the fact that this thing that everyone likes or lots of people like has been removed from uh, right. the, the cafe, whatever. And and it means so much more because it means does does anybody listen to us? Does anybody want to communicate with us? Does anybody know we exist? Hello. And it's funny those little things. <laughs> which seems so little, but they, they're a trigger, aren't they, often? Oh, absolutely. You know, this was a, the whole bacon thing was really a microcosm of exactly what you said, Tricia. It was, it was, they needed a voice for something. They wanted to speak out about the outsourcing and, you know, there was a big reorganization and the management and, and lack of trust and communication, but they were fearful to do that. But they could do that about bacon because bacon is, you know, it's funny. You can make jokes about bacon. And we did make jokes about bacon. Um, and I think they latched onto that because it was, it was safe. And that's how they found their voice. But I will tell you, I had, I had people tell me, this is what employee engagement is all about. And that really, that was really what struck me is I had a woman who, who made a comment to me. And that's really when I thought, oh, wow, this is really not just about a, you know, a little bacon protest and that, you know, about, uh, you know, a fried pork being removed from our salad bar. It's really about how these people are feeling emotionally and wanting to have a voice and bacon became that voice. And I'm, I couldn't be prouder of them. I'm, I'm very happy that I was a part of that. Absolutely. Oh, I love this story. So let, let's dig down on that bit because you already mentioned Mojo um, and we're talking about wanting to have a voice and we're also talking to a certain extent about the kind of emperor's new clothes syndrome, you know, of people being fearful of speaking up. Mm -hmm. um, and you're, you're also touching on the fact that humor provided actually a really good vehicle for people to express themselves, which I am a huge fan of. So, so let's see if we can work out a little bit of a plan then for people because actually, let's be honest, I mean, as much as I don't want to get depressing about it, we are living through a really quite an overwhelmingly tricky period. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, on so many levels and it, it, it is, a, it is 
you know, work is needed to keep our mojo um, uh, there, basically, and, and not to lose it. And it, I don't think anyone should beat themselves up if they feel that they're losing it, because, um, you know, that means you're kind of human. Um, but equally, we can't, we can't lose it, because if we lose that, you know, where, where, do, we, where do we end up? <coughs> so how do you go from lost mojo to, and these are your words, to making your heart sing. I mean, what, what, where do we, where do we start? Is one of the things feeling more brave about expressing your voice? Do you think? Absolutely. I think you hit on a key point here too, Tricia, and that is that um, everybody is going to have moments of when their mojo is down. Um, I do, even though I come out on social media and I'm happy and doing fun videos, but I've also talked very openly about dealing with imposter syndrome and stress. And um, so that the most important thing is, is just as you said, don't beat yourself up. Um, it happens. It, it's okay. Acknowledge it. But then how do we get, how do we, you know, move on from that? It's different for everybody. I know um, for me, it's just, you know, acknowledging that it's there. Um, it's also... Um, humor is such a big part of that for me, and I know that doesn't work for everybody, but for me, I, there have been times where I, I tell people, I have a, a list of videos on YouTube that when I'm feeling like I'm just, I'm gone, I, I'm, I'm, uh, my mojo is just depleted, I'll go out and, and, and watch funny videos. Um, so, you know, there is a way to bring ourselves back into that, um, getting that mojo. The finding the voice thing, uh, you know, it, that's a hard one because, like I said, I've always been the person, I'll get text messages in conference meetings um, when I used to work in an office and say, aren't you going to say something? We really need to say something. And so I would always be the hand raiser. And it's never without fear, but what I would, what I would want to encourage everybody to do is to speak out whenever you can. I know in some cases it's very hard to do that, but for a lot of people it is just fear. And I found that almost... Um, unequivocally, it always works out to the better, that I always have somebody saying, thank you, I appreciate your being honest, I appreciate your speaking out. Um, and um, so, so I think that's, that's a part of it, is, is getting beyond that fear and, and, and finding it in yourself to speak out in little ways, whatever you can. And if you can't, if you're in a toxic, toxic situation, think about what it's doing to you, because a lot of people are, they're in situations where they, you know, they feel stuck, but I think you have to ask yourself, what is it doing to your, your health, your well-being, your mental state, if you are staying in a situation where every day you're nots, you're crying, you're, you know, and, and, and we've, all, we've all been there at times, but if that's something that's chronic, it may be time to ask yourself, is happiness more important than, you know, the stability, and can I um, can I move up, move on from this and do something different and find that fulfillment? Because I think that's what everybody wants. Oh, uh, yeah. Now that you touched on something really, really major there, because there's two sides, as you said, the, the, the acknowledging thing always, always comes first. I mean, this whole self-awareness acknowledging has got to come first. Otherwise, you're not even going to be in this conversation. So, <laughs> um, but then also... Um, taking those little steps so what, the way i think of it is if you if you've 
got a voice which is being kind of strangulated, that there is a danger, and this has happened from personal experience, that it's going to come out in one heck of an explosion one day in a very um, sort of, um, uh, I'm going to say unprofessional uh, manner, you know, and you're going to end up slamming a door and, and having a sort of major, and, and that's not going to make you feel good or get you anywhere. So just think of it like a, you know, like a little, pressure cooker thing it is better to have a little little bit released yes <laughs> released yes <laughs> oh yes and I know from personal experience I've um, I've had a few instances where I've had to eat crow as they say and and um, where I've let myself um, in a, pu a public or a professional setting get a little bit out there um, I again it, I don't worry too much about it and I don't have too much guilt it does it does hit me pretty hard I've talked a lot about how I whenever I do get um, called upon something, I will usually just cry a lot. <laughs> so, and sometimes it's really just about um, if you do find yourself in that pressure cooker, it is stepping away because you're right, you don't want to do something that, that jeopardizes, um, you know, something down the road if you're trying to get a new job or if you're just trying to make your current job better. But yeah, that, that, yeah. I'm a big fan of baby steps. I'm a big, big yeah, fan because absolutely. then I can take a leap. I'm much more comfortable taking a leap if I have the little, the, I'm letting that, letting that uh, pressure cooker steamer un, unleash if, as long as I've let a little out along the way. So. Yeah, and you're, you're kind of testing the waters, which is another expression as well. So, and, it, and also, you know, that thing then you mentioned about, but there are points where you do have to actually question, hang on, hang on, hang on. If this keeps happening, if I keep feeling that my voice is being strangulated in my throat, um, that, 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 if this is persistent, chronic, as you say, there's there's something I need to address here now. I mean, I can speak, you know, without going into details, I can speak from a uh, marriage situation. Okay, so, you know, when you realise that you are hiding letters from this person's solicitor, um, which are, which are to do with something that happened before you even met this person, because you know that if this uh, letter gets um uh, gets opened when this person comes back from work and if they're tired then you know you're going to be the recipient of all mm -hmm. that anger um, so you hide them until a moment where you think maybe 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 this person's in a good mood today maybe and you know every little step of the way that you're doing things like that and you know and and my my first marriage finished when I finally weirdly didn't say something but I it was because I was being asked to say something being almost forced to say something oh yeah, yeah. And I just stood there and I thought I can't say this and that was the uh, the beginning of the end which should have ended years before but there we go so I I am saying this in a personal setting but it would definitely happen in in a work setting and this would also apply to if it was your own business, because, you know, if you were constantly going along a certain journey in your own business, but kept feeling that you were, yeah, just going along with stuff. And oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I've heard a lot, you know, I have a lot of connections on LinkedIn who are business owners. Some of them have never even worked in the corporate world. And it's the same thing. You have to be, you have to be yourself, whatever yourself is. And if yourself is the person like me who raises their hand and speaks out and is a little bit more blatant, um, then, then nobody's, the, you know, there's no, there's no secrets. Everybody knows who you are. Um, who I am at work is the same as who I am at, um, on LinkedIn is the same as I am with my family and with my husband. 
mostly. I mean, you know, I do have those inner personalities that uh, come out every once in a while. But, um, but yeah, and nobody, nobody should walk on eggshells. And, and unfortunately, with the book and with the, you know, the podcast that I do where I talk about corporate life, um, there's just, just too many people who have told me their stories that are far, far worse than mine. And they are in, in, in situations where they just don't know how to speak up. They're, af- they're deathly afraid. They're really concerned about losing their jobs. They have families to support. And, um, and so that is a little, a little trickier. I, I, some people have to stay in their jobs because they need to put um, food on the table. But I would I also encourage, I've encouraged a lot of people, get your resume going. The best time to look for a job is when you have one. And just start... Um, start the start the process. Start the motion. You know the universe is going to see that you're you're looking, and something will come along. Um, but it is a it's a tough one, especially when your your stomach's in knots all the time. That's that's not good. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's good advice. And and you mentioned there that you wear different hats. Uh, we, that's an expression that we use because you actually quite literally do. I literally do. Hats. Yes. <laughs> Right now, uh, Beth is wearing a very smart, uh, quite understated. Classic, yes. Classic, just uh, understated. Little, what do you call that style of hat? It's like. Well, I think it's like a little newsboy. It kind is, of like, hat. Dickens, yeah. like a little Dickensian. Yes. Hello, mate. Yes, a little. <laughs> not even, not even going to go there, Tricia. Oh, uh, please, sir, can I have some more, sir? Yes, there you go. We got it, we got it. Um, but you. This this is one of your little sort of um, signature things, isn't it? That you, mm-hmm. you've got a fabulous photo on your profile with this sort of top hat kind of um, steam, whatever you call it, punk. Steampunk, yeah. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yes. Um, and you, you talk about having 3.5 personalities. Can, can you just unwrap this a little for us, Beth? Please? Well, sure. So th- the personalities, it's um, this kind of evolved when I was in the corporate world. And um, I... I recognized that there was an, I had an inner personality that I named Beulah. Beulah comes out when there needs to be a little extra toughness. So Beth is, Beth is, you know, your doer. She's your go-getter. She's going to, you know, get things done. And she's this, you know, A player. And then Beulah comes out sometimes when she's not, when Beth doesn't get what she, she needs and somebody's, you know, um, dropping the ball or they're taking a long time. So Beulah's a little, she's a little harsh. So I don't let her out. She's mostly professional, but sometimes she does, she does come out. And then I've got Beverly. Beverly is more my grandmother type. So Beverly is the type of person who will bring sweet potato pie to work, which I've, I've done in the past. Um, and she's just a little bit more nurturing. And you have to be that. I'm a manager, so I have to you know, be a little bit nurturing at times and situations. And then I've got my 0.5, and that's Benny. Benny is just kind of a little crazy. She's the person who will do like a 60-second dance party when she's maybe, you know, just for no reason, not, not, not because of stress, which that happens too, but just, you know, I, you need to put on some jams and, uh, and get off, and she's a little crazy. Probably Benny comes out most, I think, in my, um, my hats that I use. And, and that evolved from an, an embracing of the hoodie because although I'm not wearing a hoodie today, but I started doing videos early last year and I was very nervous about it. I had done videos before, but only behind like a Snapchat chat filter. So, um, but then I just realized, you know, why am I putting on, you know, these fancy clothes and get, making my hair all perfect and doing these videos and it just didn't feel like me. So I decided I was going to embrace the hoodie. So I reached out to my, uh, some family and friends and I said, what do you think I should call this, um, this little thing? And we um, kind of settled in on hoodie two shoes, a kind of a play on goody two shoes. 
So, uh, and then it evolved, you know, then summer hits, Trisha, and you know how it is when you're wearing a hoodie in the summertime. It just doesn't work. So I started getting, you know, other hats. I had a few on tap. Um, I have a lot of costumes that I've made over the years, and I pulled a few hats out of there. And, and then, then I started taking polls on LinkedIn, what should my next hat be? And that evolved into the steampunk hat, which I think is my favorite. So oh, that's where we got, oh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a part of me and it's just having fun. Which, yeah, this is it. And it's a part of you. You are you, but then a part of you. And, it, you know, you've talked about, I thought, yeah, I'm a writer. Uh, so that's you as a writer. Yeah, you're a, somebody who works in corporate with, you know, management. Like, yeah, that's you. You're, uh, you're a podcast host. Yeah, you're an author. Whatever. You're just, you're you. You wear hats. Um, so there's no sort of massive sort of um, boundaries as such between them. You, you, you're, you, you, you in all of it. And um, I, I was actually thinking that I, I love, oh, God, there's so many things there. To, oh, this whole idea, actually, of having characters. I mean, there's um, the alter ego of the thing that uh, I've, Herman Todd, I think I've got, a, I've got a book called The Alter Ego Effect, which is quite interesting. That idea that you might take on some, it's a bit like just taking on a role model or whatever to sort of get you to some of these first steps of, something that you're feeling a little bit nervous about and sort of, you know, the Wonder Woman kind of, you know, go in the yeah. box and come out with your Wonder Woman cape on. My hero. Yeah. I, well, Trisha, I did see. you know I have a, my license on my car is www do. What would Wonder Woman do? Boom. Oh, <laughs> I, that's brilliant. I had to throw that one out. I love Wonder Woman, so. I need to see you dress up as Wonder Woman. That is something. Oh, all right. Challenge. Challenge accepted. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and I think this, it's not fake. It's not being fake, mm -hmm. listeners, if you take on this. This, this, this isn't fake. This is, you, you're doing it consciously um, as a sort of, you know, technique to kind of embody something that you know is in you and you go, da, 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 it's fine. Um, and also the idea of having little characters reminds me of um, one of my previous podcast has Kim Boudreaux Smith who talks about the hag in the attic you know so this idea yes, of, I remember that yeah so the, the little person living in your head that keeps coming out with a nah, 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 can't 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 mm -hmm. we all have one yes yeah, <laughs> I do and, and giving it a personality I think is an absolutely great tactic it, it um, for a start you end up being able to laugh at yourself which I think is like don't you agree? Crucial. Oh, so much. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is a part of my personality and it's also a way just to help me relax so that I can, you know, get my message out. And, and I'll be truthful. Sometimes the hats and the, the goofiness gets more attention than the message. But it's all about, especially on social media, it's just about connecting and it's about, you know, engaging with people. I don't even like that word. It's just about, you know, be, being friends with people and learning about them and them learning about you so um, it, it, is, it is a part of me, and I don't worry too much about it, <clears throat> although I know, you know, probably some people just, you know, raise their eyebrows that, oh, here's this goofy steampunk hat lady coming on again, but, and sometimes I am completely frivolous, but a lot of times I, I do, you know, have some, some pretty important messages, things that I'm passionate about in there, and yeah, no, it's I just think a way to kind of enhance yeah, it. You and I are obviously clearly very aligned, uh, as, as with my investigator Lewis character. But this, but that takes me to ask you a question, because you just slipped in there, but I am very, oh very observant. You slipped in there about how you may 
lots of costumes in the past. Now I'm needing to know, does this mean that you've kind of done a lot of stage stuff in the past? Or? No, I have not. I've only done, I only did high school. I'm sorry, I'm moving around here because I've got a little window glare on my face here. Um, I've only done um, stage really just in high school. No, I learned to sew when I was eight years old. Um, believe it or not, my grandmother, my mother had inherited from my grandmother an old treadle, a pedal machine from the return of the century, probably was my great grandmother's. And I don't know, I found it in the basement and my mom was able to find somebody who had a cable for it. So she found a replacement cable and I, I started sewing on a treadle machine. So just a manual treadle machine. So I have a big family and when you have a big family and you know, you, you're middle, middle income type of family, you're not getting clothing all the time, right? It's not, um, it's something that you get at school and you get in summer. But I learned that if I sewed my own clothing, my mother had drawers and drawers and boxes and bins filled with fabrics. So if I sewed my own clothing, I could have new clothes all the time. So I have been sewing since I was eight years old, and I, when I was a nanny, I developed a love for just being very fancy. So I would make doll costumes and put them on stuffed dolls, and, and my mother had a doll collection that was very old, and some of the dresses were deteriorated, so I would make dresses for her, like French um, rena you know, Renaissance or French Revolution type dresses. And that kind of evolved into just making some um, some costumes. And so I've made some Renaissance costumes. I had a Halloween um, costume wedding and I made my own dress. I was the queen of hearts. Uh, so I've made all kinds of things. And I like making them for my nieces and nephews now, mostly my nieces because they like pretty dresses. So, and it's wonderful because I see, you know, I'll make something for a niece. Like, so for example, I made it something for my niece, Emma, who is now in college when she was about nine. And then it, it got handed down to her sister and she wore it. And then it got handed down to a, a cousin who, you know, was younger. And it's just, I'm getting chills just even thinking about that, you know, just, just handing it down. Like my mother did. She handed her ballet costumes to me. So, so that's the costume thing is that's just kind of a separate oh, but thing. What a great story. And interesting, yeah. my, my nine-year-old granddaughter literally... Has uh, just started sewing, and she wants to oh, wonderful for Christmas. So that's re that's really interesting. And also, I, my favorite game when I was a kid was dressing up. Simple as that. Oh, of course, you yeah. Know, I had one of those kind of wicker baskets full of um, full of dressing up clothes, and some of them had been handed down actually from from my grandmother. Um, now I come to think of it, I, this this is very rich. This is lovely. So back into summing up. Okay, summing up. What a what a horrible expression, Trisha. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, let, let's, let's, let's pull this together. <laughs> let's wrap it all in a nice tight little package and put a bow on it. And... <laughs> um, what, what, should we, what should we give our listeners to take away? Number one, I need them to know, um, I need them to know where to connect with you and, and just, you know, give, give anything you want to a plug before we wrap up. Um, and, and any kind of, um, you know, wisdom, uh, <laughs> wisdom tip as opposed to wisdom tooth. Sure. Um, you can connect with me. On, I'm on LinkedIn and um, I, I also use the cat, the uh, hashtag cafe grit. That's the name of my podcast, which is out there as well. And I do many posts on that. If you're, if you, uh, you're looking for that. I'm on Facebook as The Bean 67. That's T H E B E A N N 67. It's an, an amalgam of Bethann. 
Um, same name on Instagram. And I'm mostly on LinkedIn though, so that's where you can really find me. And um, my book, Where the Hell is My Bacon, is available on Amazon, so thanks for letting me get that plug in. So summing it up, gosh, what, um, I, you know, I think, I, I think that, like the most important message here today is, is around being yourself and accepting yourself. And whether that means that you're a little goofy and you have a little humor or like me, you, you swear occasionally, um, or if you're just somebody who's tends to be more professional or you're more introverted, I think the most important thing is to find your voice, whatever that is, however that is, it's different for everybody. And, um, and there are so many wonderful people out there in um, LinkedIn world as well as other places that can help you find those voices and certainly reach out to me if you, if you need to. Um, but I think that's the most important thing is, is just to yeah. find whatever it is um, and take those little steps to make yourself be heard in whatever way you need to be heard. Yeah. And I think you'll be happier. Yeah, exactly. And you absolutely embody um, all of this because, you know, because oh, I've seen you. you as sort of, if you like, I've seen part of your kind of on stage persona <laughs> in a way, you know, because in a way that's what LinkedIn is a little bit. Um, and now you're here almost in the room with me and it's just so easy to talk with. Um, so I'm not, I, I oh, didn't feel you. at any stage that I was having to kind of, you know, dig through a, a layer of armor to get to you 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 were right there so it's just yeah you you are you walk the walk talk walk and well, thank you and everything else yeah i appreciate that that's that's uh, very meaningful to say that that's uh thank you thank you well i wish you um you know it is november the 4th um <laughs> and we are in the middle of a pandemic and um yeah you know you've you've energize me and maybe smile and laugh and we we really have to wonderful everybody we really we really have to you know i just um i put something on twitter i think this morning amongst all this kind of doom and gloom and oh god and drama and all the rest of it um jeremy vine popped up on uh, my son came in and he was looking at the some kind of news reel and jeremy vine is a very bouncy kind of presenter that we have over here and he was doing the election sort of special you know and they get so they've all been up all night they're all on red bull and you know oh, caffeine and they're all and he bounces up and says well let, let's make this clearer by having a look at the numbers and he goes over to this kind of piece of plywood almost with with a map on it of america with literally spattered full of circles <laughs> numbers in i mean anything less clear you couldn't imagine but he was so enthusiastic on it. let's make everything clear and i just tweeted that as saying um <laughs> so good to see you bouncing over there with all this clarity jeremy and it was funny you know and i thought oh gosh we have to keep grabbing hold of that absolutely Woo. I don't know how people don't do it without humor. It's just, it's, it's kept me alive, you know, it, for the it, past. It is. Uh, it is a lifesaver. There's I yeah. 100% and that's not a glib phrase, everybody. So mm -hmm. great, great place to end on with a lovely smile. So thank you so much for giving me your time. Thank today. you, Trisha. I've so much enjoyed this. I feel like now I've been deflowered as a <laughs> podcast guest. I really appreciate it. You made it so easy. So thank you so much. I love your show. Pleasure. And I love you. Yeah! <laughs> Take action. Try this well, one Well, it's about baby steps. Step. So here's a baby step. Think about all the times that you kind of, if you like, strangulate what you want to say, what you feel, what you want to offer a different perspective of, perhaps an opinion that nobody else is voicing. 
perhaps a different way of doing something. Think about how many times that's getting lost in your throat and then put back down again. And think, how can I change that? Do I need to do something drastic, completely change where I'm working, what I'm doing, my whole um, networking, everything? Or is there just a baby step I can take? Listen again, tell people about it. Go over to iTunes and leave me a review and scatter some stars around. And head over to trishalewis.com, investigation report tab, and sign up for my twice monthly newsletter with podcast updates and a whole load of extra treats that only you will get. And connect with me on LinkedIn and on Instagram would be my favourites. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced.